I know things you never see. You never see someone taking a shit while running at full speed. Come on, Key, get rid of some of them turds in the shit box. Welcome to the Bathroom Break Podcast with me, Rab himself. Welcome to the Bathroom Break Podcast with me, your host, Rab himself. This is our very first episode. I sat down with comedian Josh Denny and had a hilarious conversation. Take a listen, and I hope you enjoy. I have this really sort of sexy, oh. deep, like... <laughs> it must be that zero-calorie soda it that is. you're drinking. Well, I, dude, I stopped drinking... Wait, um, it's a ginger root beer, yeah. so not just the ginger beer. You, you know what's weird? If I pour this out, you can see it's clear. There's oh, no color to it's it. like, uh, it's, what is that, like a birch it's whole, beer? It's whole food soda. No. You know, like birch beer, isn't birch beer clear? I guess, I don't know. I didn't Pennsylvania know. Pennsylvania Dutch. What the fuck is birch beer? <laughs> I, know, I feel like that's just. It's something that Philly people, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I only drink birch beer. And it's like, <laughs> isn't that just a weirder tasting root beer? Yeah. Nah, it's its own thing. It's sort of like sarsaparilla or something. Sarsaparilla. <laughs> what is this, the fucking Big Lebowski? Yeah. Sack, give me another one of those sarsaparillas. Call <laughs> down sam elliott i'll have a root beer if you don't mind <laughs> i know well this is now combined the uh, the ginger beer with a root beer yeah a so, ginger root so beer. this is um one of the things i found out was like how bad artificial I, I sound like a i sound like a fat person who first read his first health book <laughs> yeah i i was reading about how bad artificial sweetener is for you and and you know this about me like we'll go to eat and i'll drink like four diet cokes or something oh i talked to you about this when you when we doubled at at mexicali last time oh yeah yeah because then we were drinking of what were supposed to be Arnold Palmer's and they turned out to be lemonades and you and oh. I were like, do we have to shoot this place up now? Or what's <laughs> it's like, Hey, Hey, can you just, uh, do the, the whole thing with like iced tea instead? Yeah. And, uh, they, well, and they, and we didn't realize they were green tea, Arnold Palmer's, which is like a total misdirection because you look in your glass and you're like, well, this, there's no tea in this. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you just, it's all lemonade. And then it's like, Hey, and you have to just drink half of it down and then get them to fill it up with ice. Hey, can tea. I get some dark iced unsweetened ice? Can you make this like the rest of America for the last 60 years? Yeah, That'd yeah, be great. Yeah. Like the, uh, exactly. I always we love make it. it with green tea. Yeah, you, no, it was fine. Before. Yeah. <laughs> If you try to tell them, like, hey, I'll have a half iced tea, half lemonade, you mean an Arnold Palmer? Yeah, yeah but, God, all right, I just wanted to call yeah. it that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, so I, when I stopped drinking diet soda, uh, I didn't want to go back to drinking regular soda because that shit's horrible for you. So I found this stevia soda, which is, uh, it's naturally sweetened. It has no artificial colors or anything like that. And that's, what, that's where I get my carbonation fix now. Okay. And um, yeah, it 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 wrecks nowhere near the digestive havoc on your body that diet soda does. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like soda in general, like everybody's like, oh, it's so bad for you, and it's like, yeah, but yeah, everything's bad it. for you. It's like that uh, Jim Gaffigan, like, oh, nobody's eating at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Eighty billion sold or whatever. Nobody's eating it. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, people are drinking soda, but um, but it is funny to think like it like clears rust off of metal. Or yeah. something like you could use Coke. Yeah, have you ever it poured a... it in your toilet? It's yeah. pristine. <laughs> yeah, if, so... you, if you leave a log in the toilet and you pour a soda in the toilet, the so the toilet's clean and the log is dissolved. <laughs> and it's like sparkling yeah. Yeah, as it goes down the yeah. toilet. Yeah, the it's whole... ridiculous. I took a sh not to get into this with you, but you're a friend who would appreciate this. <laughs> I took a shit the other day that like you ever had one you had to photograph? 
Oh yeah. Like this fucking oh, thing. Oh man, that thing's like it's a, a like spiral a staircase. <laughs> it's coming out of the top of the water. It looks like an electric eel. <laughs> Dude, that's I, it. I, I, sh- I showed that I showed that to Netta and she's like the kind of dicks you could take. <laughs> that was her first reaction was like, Jesus Christ, who who did this to you? <laughs> it's like you've got a, you've got an obvious uh, career in gay porn. Yeah, with all of my gay fans, she's like, you should post that on your Instagram. It'll give them a it'll give them a sense of dimension. <laughs> yeah, just what they're working. A little chubby looking at that thing, <laughs> dude. But that's a, that's a nice, healthy looking dump. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, uh, and and to get the twist off, it's a real art. And yeah, yeah, to get the <laughs> curl yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, yeah. to curl that to, to candy cane it at the end yeah. is that's a skill it's like the guy who knows how to make the perfect soft serve ice cream cone oh yeah he gets yeah. the little whip at the top you're like you magnificent bastard dude that's good i um, worked i worked at a mcdonald's when i was like 15 in high school and they put me on ice cream one day and yeah. I, I I don't think I made more. I don't think there's ever been more fucked up looking ice cream cones in the history of ice cream. <laughs> I just couldn't. I just had no finesse to it whatsoever. Oh, dude, I know that is actually hard to do. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm just handing people baseball fists of yeah. ice cream, <laughs> soft just serve, slopping over the <laughs> over the just, side of the it's cone. It's all limp. <laughs> it's like, come on, eat it. It tastes the same. Yeah. All but of somehow my... it tastes better when it looks like a nicely yeah. shaped ice cream. Nicely cone. shaped yeah. cock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to suck something that looks like the elephant man's yeah. dick. Yeah. I don't want to wrap my lips around that. Thing. Yeah. I want. A, I want a pretty one. <laughs> now we know what women feel like. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and is there such thing as a pretty one? Yeah. I yeah, it's called uncircumcised. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the best looking dick is ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's probably a very well. Fair that's point. Uh, my buddy in college. Uh, he we used to call him Chief Handsome Dick because some girl that he got with was like, oh my god, he has like the most handsome dick. Who says handsome? Yeah, I know. It's like that. That's why it's like uh, we've never put handsome with the word dick. Yeah. What is it? Wearing a bow tie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, his dick would win best dressed in the yeah. yearbook. Yeah. Yeah, I only dress him in men's warehouse. Uh, yeah. You'll love the way you yeah. look. Yeah. Oh, man. Chief handsome dick. Dude, it was like, uh, yeah, that's a ridiculous thing to have the best looking dick. <laughs> um, hey, I'm going to give us our sponsors here. We're sponsored by Ab Hanser. It's uh, get your six pack in seconds. Dramatically enhances abs, adjustable straps, lightweight frame, fits beneath clothing, and recommended by pseudo-athletes. I couldn't believe how effective the ab hanser was. Chicks dig it by Jeff. Look at it. Here, Josh. We, we could get some abs with this thing. It's like a fucking, like, uh... Like a, I feel like it's like a hot griddle. That yeah. You just put on your on your on your fat stomach, and yeah. then it just gives you the lines of a six pack. And uh, and I could use one of those because I've put on some pounds. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> if I put that on me, it would look like I was baking muffins. <laughs> I would just be pouring out of it like muffin tins. It's just sizzling. Like, why is it hot? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody want some cornbread? <laughs> Dude, it's ridiculous. Uh, like, I, uh, I I looked up I looked up some you know just some weird products because we, we actually don't have any sponsors. So. Yeah, I was like, God so, damn, you've been doing this for four episodes. You have sponsors? <laughs> and then I was like, Rab, why? Ab Hanser, what is happening? Your wife has you on this fitness kick yeah. now? Yeah. Who are you? And then you turned it to me and I go, oh, it's a fake thing. Oh, it's totally full of shit. Yeah, yeah I I, uh, I like to just cut in the middle there and just yeah, <laughs> and, and, and make 
make it all about the ab answer because Jeff says chicks dig it. Yeah. It's like, like, and Jeff looks like he runs pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff is just Jeff looks like it pussy runs out of a faucet in his world. Just, <laughs> I just turn it on and it's too much. I over my uh, cup runneth over. I better not even use the ab answer today. It's yeah. just too much. It's too much. <laughs> It'll be all the icing on that cake necessary. Okay, and one of our other uh, sponsors is the Baby Mop. Ooh, if Baby you, Mop. If you take a look here, the uh, the Baby Mop is sort of like a little, nice little onesie for a kid with like mop uh, Now this actually, on this it. actually <laughs> would give me a reason to have a child. Yeah. <laughs> if I had these hardwood floors, I, I'd be like, well, this thing's great. Yeah. Let's just turn our baby into a, into a. Uh, yeah, this kid was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Let's turn our kid into a Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> just drag it around the floor. And if you could just put your mouth on the floor and suck up the loose debris as well, that would just be great. Your lungs can handle it. You're young. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. People Some can't, of the products. People, people can't see what with. this thing is, but it's basically they put like dust mops on a baby's outfit. Yeah. And the funny thing is the baby's happy. Like, am I doing it? Yeah. yeah. Am it's I like, getting it all? Tell me I'm good at it, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, it's so ridiculous, dude. Some of the products that people come up with and uh and I bet you, you know, they sell. One of my one of my friends was like uh my buddy Chad, he was like, dude He's like, all the stuff that people are coming up with, these dumb apps, all this stuff, I just want to come up with like a reverse microwave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, he goes, dude, I I just, you know, he's like, I want to make something fucking ridiculous like dog rollerblades. Like rollerblades for dogs. Yeah. Literally, a fucking year later, they came out with rollerblades for dogs and he sent me things get the fuck out of here he's like i can be rich right now (laughs) well (laughs) you might have 40 extra dollars to kick around yeah yeah Yeah, you might have sold through the first 10 that you made i don't even know if they're still selling real rollerblades yeah i bought a new pair of them seven months ago and then my body was like you said you're you just can't still do this i put them on i was like i used to play ice hockey i'm gonna fucking yeah i looked at my girlfriend and i go prepare to be dazzled and i go out and i can't even stand in them <laughs> and i'm like oh my god i have these are muscles i haven't used in 20 years or something yeah yeah i was i i was way overconfident in my ability like you you because you don't feel how out of shape you've gotten until you try to do something you did no problem like when you were 19 or 20 or even even 19 or 20 it was like harder and then well, now i'm 35 yeah you you were like a hockey goalie right yeah i played ice hockey yeah and uh, and a lot of street hockey and stuff too yeah so it's not like you're just putting those fruit boots on and getting out there and trying no, to no. <laughs> try to do oh, some Oh yeah, I was I was grinding. Yeah. I when I was out there, I was like, oh, this is how aggressive skating started. It was assholes who couldn't skate. Yeah. And they're just like, maybe if I like grind this tree or something, that's a thing. Dude, it's so much easier to rollerblade than skateboard. It is. So like yeah. they would just come to the skate park and just get in the way and then wonder why people were annoyed. It's like, dude. This dude's been trying this grind all day long so that he could land it, and then you just you're come jumping up, with your up there in your snow boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like ooh, nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like it came and went so quickly. You know, I feel like they let it in the X Games and then they just got rid of it. Yeah, and the video, like the skates I bought, they're like these super nice. They're really durable, sort of street skates. They're not necessarily aggressive skates. But they're the signature skate of this guy who's like the last world-renowned <laughs> rollerblader. And the video, the video is this guy going like 85 miles an hour on rollerblades through London, just grinding subways. And like, Jesus. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's a fucking superhero. Yeah. 
these are some pretty good skates. Yeah. And I was like, these are the ones I need. To I'm going to need these. Yeah, just I'm going to need by myself in London. Oh, my God. I'm such a douchebag. I'm like, I'm going to start putting these on and skating to get our McDonald's at 2 in the morning instead of driving. It's better. Not I feel happening. like you got to take your shirt off and put it on the back oh, of your I pants, too. Oh, I would have. Oh, I would have. With also, those, like, wrist guards. Wrist like, guards. It's ne- like that stupid. Neon turquoise wrist guards. <laughs> Backwards hat like I'm wearing now. It's got to be a snapback. Yeah. It can't be a fitted. <laughs> Fitted's too masculine. It's got to say life's a beach on Yeah, it. I've got to have like a, <laughs> just a flop of hair that comes out of the out of the flap. You know, the uh, just, yeah. And just biker shirt, those tight like spandex shorts. Yeah, on. knee pads, mm. oversized knee pads like I'm in Gleaming the Cube. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm fucking night, I'm Christian Hosoy skating pools. Yeah, yeah. I have those knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, I it's it's a it is a package of douchery. That's Dude, for it's sure. funny because I cuz I Oh, would, you probably saw them when you guys stayed with us. You were probably like, "What the fuck?" I did. I just judged you in silence. <laughs> Fruit. You probably would. If you probably thought it would have been way more masculine if you found a collection of dicks. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a whole bunch of dildos yeah. in there. In the I'm bag, like... inside of the bag of rollerblades, there were all dildos of all massive sizes. I'm oh, just imagining you down on the promenade and <laughs> skating around. Like, just you know how it's like that. Listening, yeah, prayer of the roller boys <laughs> with Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, yeah, that that movie. I have that movie by the way on DVD. It's one of the few <laughs> DVDs I kept. Oh, I kept man. your movie because it's not on demand. Yeah, and yeah. I kept uh, Prayer of the Roller Boys, uh-huh. which is probably the worst film ever made ever. <laughs> Damn, we gotta, we gotta, I gotta check that out. I've never seen Prayer of the Roller. You Boys. haven't? Oh my no, God. that's what you're referencing. Yeah, yeah. Because you probably saw a trailer for it. It's just like nine dudes in mauve <laughs> trench coats, like. Shh. <laughs> and they were and they were drug dealing like this new drug called Dream or something. Oh my god! And Corey Haim played like a homeless kid oh, with a black stepbrother who's like, I gotta get these kids off these drugs, dude. <laughs> I was like, how do you do? How do you do? Like Lucas, and then that piece of shit. Oh man. Yeah, I know. Well, I bet you it was uh, just random money, and they were like, oh, or yeah. he did it, and they didn't release it. And then he puts out the good one. The hit happens, and then they're like, "Well, it's perfect timing. Yeah, let's, 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 let's drop Prayer of the Roller career. Boys right behind it." Yeah, this this thing wasn't even direct to DVD. It was like direct to discount bin. It was one of the DVDs that came in like a pla- like a plexiglass. They snuck it in the back of another yeah, one. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like it, you won't were, notice. It was like when when Best Buy was selling DVDs, they had this section that had these really thin jewel cases. Yeah. That were almost like they looked like like old laser disc cases or something. They looked like the first DVD. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> like bought at every the wall. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fye or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Goody. I bought uh, I bought like all of them, and they were all like shitty '80s and '90s movies, like Ruskies. Yeah. And Prayer of the Roller Boys <laughs> and The Wraith with Charlie Sheen. Remember that where he was oh, in like yeah. a black car and. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> He was like a kid who got killed on a motorcycle and then came back and haunted the gang That's through a awesome. series of street races. And he just killed everybody by racing them to death. Yeah. He <laughs> raced them to death. 
<laughs> that was his vengeance. Goddamn movies are fucking ridiculous. I want to remake that movie. Yeah, that way. Yeah. And I would <laughs> with, and I would, Charlie, with Sheen. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had like Clint Howard in it, and I think the dude who played Biff from Back to the Future oh, was in it. Oh man, dude. I mean, that, those are some amazing movies. <laughs> but I love that it starts with rollerblades. Cause see, with rollerblades, I always thought like. If I got rollerblades, I had to have a hockey stick in my hand. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, couldn't go out with rollerblades on. Like, no being a skateboarder, stick. you know, you're like, nah, dude, I'm not going out there without a stick in my hand. There's like, playing hockey, and then there's being a homosexual. Yeah, <laughs> Those yeah, are your yeah. choices. <laughs> Those are your choices, and, uh, well, I'll grab the stick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, not the one you're thinking. Yeah, and I have, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one that's curved at the end for yeah, bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't sound better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but I had hockey skates and they just they didn't fit right. So I was like, well, maybe I should just buy some street skates that I can beat the shit out of yeah. to, to like learn how to skate again. And uh, yeah, I went out once and was like, I'd need to spend way more time in the gym. Like build, just building your lower back muscles back up again for the first time oh, in a while. Yeah. I was like, I haven't used these muscles in forever. Dude, it's crazy. I mean, I was thinking about that. Like just being a hockey goalie is insane. Like the flexibility that you have when you're like doing splits fully and like the way you guys I stretch. Still, yeah, I, and I still have like so, a lot of that flexibility. Like yeah. I'll sit, <laughs> this is gross, but I'll sit on the couch and if I have like a hangnail on my toes, I'll just pull my foot up and bite it. Yeah. And Ned is like, what the fuck, dude? She's like, you're 260 pounds and you can put your foot in your mouth? And I was like, yeah, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, she's like, like, yeah. She's course. like, I can't bend my toes. <laughs> well, you probably diabetes, you're going to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to lose that foot. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to need rollerblades in their yeah. place. The only way you'll be able to get around. Those are your feet. Yeah. Yeah, because that became a thing for a while where kids were walking around with like shoes that turned into like rollerblades oh, or whatever. Those yeah. things? Yeah. That was obnoxious. Yeah, God. Oh. And then there was that, the thing, what was the thing that Mike Tyson fell on his oh, back? Oh, the Segway? Yeah. Yeah. Like that went away. Those things, they come in and I they're hot. I saw one the other day. Yeah. I saw the Segway the other day. Now it's, now you see the scooters everywhere around the city. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Man. It's just like, the funny thing is, is nobody looks cool on those things. Yeah. Nobody. People think they look cool on those things. Yeah. You all look like fucking dorks. You yeah. see some mom from Virginia just like... <laughs> Just fucking backpack on. Like, I'm in Santa Monica. Yeah. Like the kids do. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You look like an asshole. I know, and then, and then you just leave them wherever. They just throw them in the street. Yeah. The funny thing is, Santa Monica was clamoring for these goddamn things. It's the same thing with, like, the subway or this, the train. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, we need to train here. And then when they realize that it's starting to bring homeless people in from downtown L.A., they're like, maybe we should shut Whoa, this train down. Abort, abort. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is there any way to close the train? Uh, no. And then they're like, we want these scooters because traffic's too bad and now they're all over the sidewalks and like get these fucking scooters it's creating out more traffic yeah <laughs> and, and yeah people are getting hit on these and hurting themselves yeah yeah just not thinking anything through it's just like buying a it. pair of rollerblades after not using them for 15 years <laughs> And taking to the promenade. Yeah, just get these, right out these there. These people haven't been on motorized scooters <laughs> since probably said, ever. Yeah. And they're like, they have no motorcycle background. They have no, they're not city bikes, you fucking idiot. They're, they're motorized. I want to be able to do this. I'm yeah. going to hop right out you there. See, and you see people trying to like Instagram story while oh, they're riding the, the scooter. That's and the like, best. This guy's going to eat shit. Literally, that, this lady was doing that the other day when we were down in Santa Monica. And she's like... 
just trying to take the picture. I'm like, lady, you can't even ride the thing. Yeah. Like you should. She's like, wig- you should just figure out it. how to ride it first, and then <laughs> like then go to the next level of being able to take a picture of yourself right. riding it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I park, thought she was gonna Maybe wreck. pull over and just take a stationary photo. Yeah. Do a boomerang so it looks like you're riding. Yeah. 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 You're, you're not riding. <laughs> Yeah, I just oh, man. that could be a new pastime for us. We just go down there and watch forty-eight-year-olds crash fucking scooters <laughs> on the promenade all day. Dude, I remember. Is the... there a good place to get fish around here? <laughs> yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere. <laughs> I, when I'm driving people, that's what I. They get that. Is there good seafood restaurants in California? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. No, the ocean's right there. They you know what we're don't. really known for is our brisket and pastrami. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Of course, lady. The there's water's a, right there's there. There's a restaurant in front of you called Lobster. <laughs> what did you think? It was just a trick? <laughs> go in there. and the, It's actually a cheesecake factory. That <laughs> sign is just, it's misleading. <laughs> what do they have? I'll give do you. Do they have fish at the cheesecake factory? Yeah, I'll give you two guesses on what lobster sells. <laughs> And that's being very generous. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so what uh what else is new for you? What like what are you uh what are you doing? Do you have any shows coming up? Yeah, so the darkest hour is coming back. Uh we had like a two month hiatus, we changed venues. We're actually okay. we're actually not on the west side anymore, mostly because of the scooters. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know how hard it is to get people to cross the four oh five in this city. Oh I know. It's I mean, impossible. I feel like if you if you live on the west side then you're like, ugh, the valley. And then if you live in the valley, then you're like, I'm... Ugh, anywhere. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got a way better time slot. We're, we're at Sycamore Tavern now. We're at 10 instead of 11.30. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, nice. Wait, where's Sycamore It's uh, Sunset La Brea. So it's, oh, dude. Yeah, so the first one is August 24th. Uh, okay. And that's going to be a huge show. Yeah, that's I'm, awesome. I'm excited And, for and that 10, one. like, because like, I would come down to the darkest hour, like the comedy show. So uh, for anybody that's listening, Josh Denny's comedian, and he. Uh, and he Debatable. Re- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I guess so. <laughs> Depending but, uh, on your point of view. <laughs> but, uh, but no, he, uh, he, he put together a whole show called The Darkest Hour, and, uh, and we used to go down all the time and, and watch. And, and it was, it was at 11 30, and like, I'm willing to stay up. You know, I'm kind of a night out. Yeah, but you can't hang anymore, man. I know. There would be nights where I'd be out there, you're just in the seat, like. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's like uh, this whole being married thing. Like, my wife goes to bed all early. And and I was always like a up till two a.m. guy, but then now I'm going to bed at like midnight. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, I'll go down and like I'm like, all right, like when's Josh coming on? Yeah. I'm starting to get a little tired. Yeah. You know. And uh, but but it's a fun show because I feel like all bets are off at that show. Like people come out and they try their darkest material, and yeah. that's the kind of stuff that I like. I especially like in the climate that we're in right now, where it's like, oh my god, everything's PC. You can't even take any risks as a comedian. So it's fun to go watch the like. Like, you know, watch the guys and the girls get out there and just like try their stuff that's that's like that's crazy and it's offensive and and it's fun and it's dark and and that's that's the kind of stuff like I love to watch as, yeah. as like a you know as just a fan of comedy. Me too. I mean, um, and, and and this is the thing I think is kind of the problem with the perception of like darker edgy comedy is I think people think that it's just for the sake of being edgy. Like there, the best example I can give of to me where the darkest hour succeeds is when you have somebody like this this comic Jen Murray who's done our show a couple times, and she had this horrible trauma in her childhood, like her high school years, of her father committing suicide, 
And she tells, she came to the darkest hour and she told this story about the, like the things that you, you don't think about the things that you have to do after somebody commits suicide. Like we didn't know where his car was. So we had to track his car down and it was in the shop. And the, the guy who owned the shop was pissed because he, he left it there for four days. And she's like, well, with all due respect, like he, <laughs> he, he killed himself four days ago. And then the guy goes, oh, I feel bad. I give you like 20% off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. To me, for somebody to have the fucking the and I hate saying courage because the word brave like bravery is thrown around too much artistically, but to have the courage to to take something that's so traumatic in your in your life and be like I'm gonna make that funny, that's the greatest thing in the world, man. To me, that's the healing power of comedy, dude. That and, that works, especially I mean, especially with stuff like death or you know like whatever divorce, all the all the bad things. Yeah. Like, I feel like um, my family's like that. Like whenever we're going something, it's like me and my brothers and my sister are just making all these awful fucking jokes while oh, people are dead. Like and things are happening, and it's because it's like uh, in some ways it helps you process what's happening, or it distances you from it, or right, and yeah. or yes, and I mean, and it can be argued either way, but but. Well, you, Somehow you, you tell me that story about when Dunn passed. Yeah. People are like, if everyone heard what we were saying, yeah. they'd be like, these guys hated this guy. And you're like, no, it's it's all love. It's just <laughs> it's just it's our way of processing. And, yeah. yeah. And, and he and, would be he would be here doing it with us if it were me or Bam in the box. You right. Know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. and that and that and I was gonna say that too. That was the thing, man, where we sat there just saying sick shit. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, dude. I mean, that was the only way to get laughing. I I remember like. Um, Spike, uh, you know, from, from Jackass, he, he came out and I was just kind of in like a dark spot. And Jones? Was, yeah, yeah. And he was like, uh, he just kind of was like, dude, you know, like, what, what are some of the funny stuff? And then, and then you like start thinking of like him playing like Oingo Boingo, some <laughs> bad music, like driving up with his shirt off and doing some stupid yeah. thing and then sticking his thumb up his asshole and like, and like swiping it on your face. Like, yeah. You're like, dude, that's the kind of shit that. It started making me laugh thinking about him instead right. of being bummed. Like, and you know, obviously, I spent a lot of time being upset about it. And but at the same time, being able to be to be able to laugh at the shit, and then like, and, and well, be, that's what memorializes people yeah. in our lives is just those fun memories. Like, yeah, you know, anytime I get together with my buddy Sean from the East Coast, who you've met, yeah, um, it's like the first, the first, like if I go over his buddy Richie's house. Richie is like the uh, the two income, two child, suburban. The guy who was like hardcore, and then basically just now has the total suburban life. And he's yeah. got this. He's got this pimped out man cave in the basement with all <laughs> yeah. his sports shit up. And we go over, and we're just dudes in the basement. And and the first hour or two is just reminiscing shit from our high school years. Like every time, we're just some. Yeah. It'll start with somebody bringing up something embarrassing that one of us did and then we just go through the whole list of like <laughs> yeah yeah well no and i think it's good and, and that's what's cool about your show is that like someone like that like she's willing to go to that dark place yeah to get that like to get it's kind of therapeutic for her and it it's is. funny as shit for people that are probably going th like going through similar stuff you know like i think that's what's cool is like uh like i do you know my program stuff and like you walk in there and you're like man my life is tough and then some dude's like you know it's like that scene in uh, half baked <laughs> yeah. you ever suck dick for weed yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and exactly yeah and, and then like, it's Jesus just like Christ. all right that's life's a, pretty easy that's a big part of uh, i don't know if i told you this story but that's a big part of why i never really got into drinking or drugs because my older brother um, who you met on yeah. the set of Haggard, 
uh, and he was he was like fresh out of the program when you guys were filming that. And, yeah, Josh's uh, brother was one of the uh, the motorcycle guys yeah. in Haggard. The big one. Yeah, yeah. The big, big the one. The big one. Yeah. And uh, and then they were badass dudes, and and uh, and I remember it was like guys you wouldn't want to fuck with, but I was I was fucking hammered. Yeah. Drunk throughout that whole filming. Through the whole the thing. Front. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but, well, you're very method. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best way to play somebody who might be a little mentally uh, skewed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like is it, that's what's funny. Do you ever go back and watch that movie and be like, did I go full retard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was go. I just really drunk? And <laughs> never go full retard. Well, that's kind of what drinking would do to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way I drank, I uh, was pretty much fully. Well, yeah. uh, I was full retard from about 1997 <laughs> until about 2000. Uh, what yeah. was yesterday? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, no, but a big part of the reason why I never really got into that stuff is my brother got clean. Oh man, he was like 20, probably. 23 okay and um my my dad made me go see him in rehab and i and i went to all his aa meetings with him and i don't know yeah. if i don't know if he felt like having me there would help keep him on the straight and narrow your dad or him my brother yeah. craig yeah and um because we're, we're 13 years apart so he's he's pretty he's a decent amount older than me but we're the closest siblings in terms of uh and we're the only guy siblings um and so I would go in there and listen to these stories and you know it would we're in like Chester Pennsylvania so there's guys who are like yeah like you know last month my baby died and instead of burying him I had taken his skull and found a way to smoke rocks out of it. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> like yeah 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 uh, like, holy Fuck. And, and Craig's like, so you don't? I go, no, 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 I'm good. I don't need. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, so you're, you ain't give me with that shit. No, I'm all set. So you don't. I don't, yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. give me something that looked like drugs. I'm all. Fu I'm fine. I'm not, <laughs> I won't even smoke candy cigarettes when I leave this place. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> guy just smoked rocks out of his baby's dead skull. This guy's a fucking supervillain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't. I ain't touching shit. Yeah, and I'm exaggerating, but like they, there were those horrible traumatic stories. Yeah, and you're just like Jesus Christ, dude. And yeah. so to your point, it's like sometimes you need the. I imagine you need the program to remind, to like to center you to be like, oh yeah, my life used to be a lot worse. I'm doing yeah. okay. Other and, people are other people are in more pain and and at a, yeah. at a harder part of the process than I am. Right. And yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And even where you're at right now, you're like, oh man, like. Stubbed my toe today, and then like I had to drive my car down to the auto mechanic, but he wasn't even there. And then I had to go back again, and then some guy comes like and says a story like that, and you're like, "What the uh, fuck am I even talking about?" Yeah, like yeah. mine doesn't count at all. So it helps put it into perspective for you. And I think, um, but I was saying like with with her with her kind of referencing her dad's you know suicide, suicide. It's like, dude, somebody who's gone through something like that or is dealing with losing somebody or whatever might be able to kind of you know, be able to get a laugh out of that or just to be able to relate and be able to kind of, you know, uh, it'd be some sort of therapy for them. She, too. Yeah. She murdered that set the last time she did it. And she came off stage and she goes, do you think that story's funny enough to just do in my regular standup? And I go, I think it's the best thing you've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. go like, and, and I was like that, that's the kind of joke that people will come up to you after a show and be like, Oh my God. Like, our father killed himself when we were in high school and like you have no idea what it's like to be able to hear your story and laugh about it and yeah. like you know and realize like you're not alone and shit like that to me that's the kind of comedy that should be inspiring not the kind yeah. of stuff where we just go like there's a difference but there's a different 
emotional connection with somebody who takes a story like that and makes it funny and creates comedy out of something tragic versus somebody that just goes on stage and goes, suicide sucks and we got to fix it, guys. Right, everybody? And it's like, <laughs> that doesn't inspire anybody. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. make me feel anything. Yeah. You're just ranting about shit that we all agree on, but that's not helpful. Yeah. You know, like right. that, that's like going on stage and being like the homelessness problem in Los Angeles is horrible. And these rich white bureaucrats and you're just like, OK, man, like but there's no solutions <laughs> yeah, in yeah, this. Yeah, and right. you're not making anything funny out of it. Like, yeah. I, I, have and, a, I have a new bit about seeing all the tents in L.A. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I should have gotten the tent business 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where the real estate boom is really coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I and, know it is crazy uh, at this point. Yeah. And, and, and also but the, to me, like you, I try to look at horrible things and find what's funny about it and to me i'll drive through like hollywood and you'll go under a highway overpass and there's 30 tents under it and you go like some of these are brand new that means that a rich person from the hills came through and was like i want to help but stay under this fucking bridge yeah 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 not that yeah, much yeah <laughs> how's a new tent sound how's like a brand I really new need a shower and yeah, i'd yeah. love to be I'll able have to a hot just... meal and you know just maybe to listen to your family talk about their day so that i could feel human again like, how about a fucking brand new tent you piece of shit <laughs> listen rei had a say <laughs> <laughs> listen it's the tent and the free camel back or it's go fuck yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> There is no shower in the hot yeah, meal. Yeah. You might be able to put some hot water in this camel back and, and make a shower yeah. out of it. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I have a home. Yeah, that's so arrogant. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but to me, like, there's humor in that. Like, there's humor in that false compassion of, like, I took new tents to the, to yeah. the scumbags. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> the emperor has removed his clothing yeah. and come down amongst the commons. It's like it's like in an old like '80s movie where there's this evil guy and he's like, "I gave them scraps for the day. They had their scraps for the day. What more do they want from me?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like so. You to me, there's two ways to see things like in the world. One is to try to find a way to laugh at it, and the other is to just live a miserable existence where you're unhappy about everything. And it's it's sad that so many people are making the latter choice today. But I feel like that's got to that's got to motivate guys like me to work even harder to be like, no, this is not the path to us feeling better about ourselves. The yeah. path to us feeling better about ourselves is relating about the things that hurt and relating about the things that suck and finding ways to make the best of it. Right. That's how you make that's how you grow a garden. You don't you don't sit there all day and focus on the shit that's not growing. You got to find a way to grow the things that are growing and you got to work with what you got. And, and the harvest doesn't always come in. But when it comes to like ideas and, and coming together as people, you, you got to be willing to make the best of things. And, and I think too often in society today, we focus on trying to see the worst in things. And I just do, I, I choose not to participate. I'm yeah. not participating in that side of culture anymore. Like I'm a comedian, I'm gonna do what I do. And that's make people laugh at shit that they're, they don't think they can. Right. No, exactly. And we were talking about that a little bit earlier. It's like I almost have felt like I just am sitting on the bench for that because uh, it's hard to to get involved in that, like, or to want to be involved because I'm I'm exhausted by it. I, I like I'm like dude, like dude. Like, there's times in the last couple of months I thought about <clears throat> quitting, where I'm just like, yeah. Do people even appreciate it anymore? Yeah. And then you got it. This is the problem that I have, and I think you had this problem when you lived in L.A. before you moved away and came back. 
it's easy to isolate in this city. So it's easy to sit in your apartment with your own thoughts and your own shit. Yeah. And I got to do a better job of just getting in my car and be like, let me go down to the comedy store and see like brand new comics, like loving it still. Yeah. And like discovering who they are on stage and like figuring all that stuff out because that, that stage of the game is far gone for me. Like I know who I am as a comic. I know my writing style. I have my voice. But there's some kind of magic to that, that newness of it. And, and to be around comics that have that. Like, I used to be the jaded guy who'd be like, oh, you fuck, give it five years. And now it's like, no, nah, I need to be around people like that because that, that gets you excited yeah. about it again. Yeah, exactly. it, it gives you hope. Yeah. And yeah, and it, 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 like you said, yeah, it just makes you feel that, like, that newness that you had before and and uh so you have some really you have some cool people you, and you give you give a lot of uh you, you, like newer up and coming uh comedians like a chance on darkest hour yeah right like you'll put like what is it like each week you have like five i feel like or well yeah like i those. used to have six now okay. we can actually have a few more because we have a longer show we have okay. a 90 minute show instead of an hour show we were kind of like the nightcap yeah at, at that old venue yeah um and uh now we we have we're a, sort of like a bona fide full book show and so I have, I think, like, eight spots now or something like that. Okay. And so it starts at 10. And, and what is the venue? 30, uh, Sycamore Tavern. Sycamore Tavern so it's at the top 10. Floor. And then you're going to have, like, a, you know, maybe, like, eight comics. And then so... It'll run um, about 90 minutes. And, and what I'd like to start doing and what I was talking to you about doing is I kind of want to have one guest per show that's not a comic that's just that can tell a dark story oh yeah and and to mix it up to break up the comedy a little bit and i was like you should come do that sometime and dude i'd like, love to you were like yeah and then you moved away for like yeah, a yeah, year yeah. And a half. yeah that was that you literally so you know that's married. why i moved yeah <laughs> I, I was like oh just <laughs> stage fright oh, i'm gonna get out of here yeah um, but i think it would be great because i i think you know what because you have that point of view there's probably tons of dark stories you could tell that that fit the, the show yeah and would be fun Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is there is plenty. Like I, I always thought about that. Like, what do I do with all of the the years of Jackass, CKY, Viva La Bam, touring with the band CKY, um, and just kind of, you know, those years of my life, some insane stuff went down. And and there's funny stories, you know, that just kind of crop up from all of it. And yeah, there was one that you told me one time about <laughs> where you were like, and the night ended up with you sitting in a hotel lobby, like naked, waiting for someone to bring you clothes. And there's like, there's like Dude, families uh, yeah. checking out of the hotel with oh, their like. children. And you're just like, <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> well, like, dude, it was insane that the uh, so I, I was I used to tour with CKY and I'd like I'd go out and then kind of introduce the band and and uh, you know get the crowd chanting and yelling and then I'd jump off the stage into the crowd and jump off the the amps and all that kind of stuff and um, and so those nights were just wild. You know, you're up there just being a maniac and then you're partying like crazy and and uh and one of them one of the shows uh it was actually the viper room yeah, yeah. which is like this tiny little spot but it was the it was the first show that they were doing and then they were going to get on the road and go do a tour so it was like their warm-up show and we go there and it's and it's wild and everybody's you know just partying being crazy and and uh and i end up like going back to like I, I'm talking to Jess Margera, the drummer, and I'm like, dude, uh, I'm I'm wasted. Like, where are you guys staying? So he's like, oh, we're we're back at the Standard, you know, that hotel on Sunset. I don't know if you told me it was the Standard the first time, oh, but yeah. now it gives it a whole new context. <laughs> so yeah, the Standard is like. 
It's it's far away from the rock and roll drudgery of West Sunset. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, this fancy like nice hotel. It's mixed with two because they have a rooftop pool, so there's a mixture of families on vacation who want the Hollywood experience <laughs> and rich cunts. Yeah, who are like at the nightclubs in there to find like a wealthy husband. Yeah, so well, it's the it's the highest of society. Yeah, they got the, the Hollywood experience with me for sure. <laughs> I was like, dude, I come off of the show and I'm drunk and, and we go back to the rooms and uh and 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 Jess is like dude Rab you gotta stay with Murray tonight you know stay who's with the tour stay. manager right yeah and yeah. he's like or he was uh, he's one of like the 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 guitar techs uh, and tech, like, yeah yeah so like he he's like you gotta stay with Murray so I'm like okay and I'm wasted and and like when I got drunk back then like I would get naked like I'd be too hot or something from being so drunk I'd yeah. just be naked and so I get naked and I'm sleeping in Murray's room and I get up, I wake up in the middle of the night, like hungover and just all disheveled. I'm like, dude, I gotta like, I, I need water, I need water. So I, I go into my shoe and I get a couple like ones out and I go out into the hallway, butt naked, totally naked. Just like go out into the hallway, I'm gonna get get the water from the machine and then go back. And I go, like I'm just stumbling out, all drunk, eyes closed. I get into the thing, I get the water, I chug the water. And like as I'm like finishing the water, You're like I, I didn't grab a hotel room key. Yeah. Well, not only did I not grab the key, I didn't know what room I was in. Like I like I, I didn't even pay attention to any of that because I stumbled back from the show with Jess into Murray's room. You just turn around and it's like when when yeah. the kid turns the corner of the, ho of yeah. the hotel hallway in The Shining, and he's like, "This is all the same." That's exactly what I like. Like The Shining is perfect example. Yeah. Like, dude, it's like, oh my god, where, where am I at? So I'm trying to figure out. So I go up to this phone that's in the middle of the hallway and I call the desk. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm trying to figure out what room uh, I'm staying in. I'm in Murray's room. And they were like, uh, sir. There's I, no Murray. Yeah, you got This sounds like the start of a horror movie. Yeah, and they're like. There's no Murray. There's no Murray in so this hotel. I'm like, what the fuck? And Am they're I like, staying yeah, with a guy who died and doesn't know he's dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like the sixth sense. Exactly. And so I'm like, I'm like freaking out. Like, I don't know. So I'm, I end up slamming the phone. I'm all pissed off because I'm drunk. I slam the phone and break the phone off the wall. And I'm figuring, okay, well, they probably have like a video of that. And I don't know where I'm going. I start walking around. None of, nothing looks right. None of the rooms I can't tell because they're all closed. They all look the same. So I get in the elevator naked. And, I'm, and <laughs> I, I already see. Yeah. And angry. Yeah. And naked angry. And angry. Yeah. Which, which, to be honest, nobody should ever be. Yeah. yeah. Like you should <laughs> never have the balls to be angry whilst naked. Yeah. 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 In exactly. any capacity. Yeah. Just totally pissed. Yeah. I get in and I just cover my butthole in my balls. And I'm like, all right. And I walk out of the, the elevator into the lobby. I walk right up. Like, I'm pissed. I walk right up to the desk. Like, hey, I'm trying to figure out where I'm staying. And they're like, sir, where did you come from? Sir, what, you can't, what are you doing? You can't be in here. Sir, like, and they, they thought like I was some like, homeless dude that was naked off the street. And they're like, they're like what, what are you doing in here? Sir, 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 you cannot be in the hotel. You are naked. There are families here. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm trying to figure out where I'm staying. You guys are saying, no, no, no there's no murder here. here man. And they're like, they're like, sir, hold on, hold on, sir. Like, and they're trying to figure out. And I'm like, the guy's name is Murray. I'm in his room. His name's Murray. They look up Murray while I'm standing there. No thing. They're, they're like, while that's happening, they're like hitting the bottom of the desk for like the security, <laughs> yeah. you know, like just pushing the security button, like, sir. And they're like, just keep him, keep him calm. Keep you him know? at the desk. Keep <laughs> yeah, him calm. Yeah, yeah. Keep his so hands on So as that's his happening, they're looking it up and, and the security guard comes up to me and I'm like, 
yo, I'm, yeah, I'm staying with Murray, but they're saying that there isn't a Murray here. And he's like, come with me. So he takes me. It's like this huge security guy. And he takes me, and I'm like just dick over, you know, hand over dick over ass. And like walking by like these kids that are like, they're coming out of the fucking like breakfast room or whatever like they're walking past like because there was like somehow there was like a setup where there was like there was like you know like uh, like hot cakes over here oh then, of course there were hot like, cakes and then like yeah and like i'm walking by i'm just like what the hell and there's these kids and families and and the fact that you are on a on a registry <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Miracle. I, don't know, I don't know how it's that worked a miracle out. but so i go into the elevator with the security guard and i'm like just like i said just naked hands covered they take me down into the basement and I go into the basement and they're like, okay, come with me. And they bring me into the lost and found. And I go into the lost and found and, I'm, and they're like, all right, look, we got to find something for you to wear. So they give me like these like girl, like Daisy Duke nut, nut hugger, like shorts. <laughs> and I put them on because that's, worse. that's all they have. That's all, so I put it in like my balls are like basically like hanging out of the edge of it. <laughs> And then like, and then they had like, they the had, a, they had a, like a, a half shirt. <laughs> so, so I'm like, it's like, it's like some girl's outfit or something. So, and I get the half shirt on. I have the nut huggers. My nuts are like hanging out of the half of the side. And then they like had I these. I think my hand was doing a better job. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, they, the only shoes they had were these like size seven Nikes. And like, I have a 10. And so I'm jamming my foot in these sevens. And they're like, yeah, I can't get my You're heel. wearing like high heels. So it is. I'm like walking up like high heels still have my hand over my balls because they're like hanging out of the shorts and i walk up and i'm like stand i'm like is this better like you know <laughs> what is this better can you look up who i'm staying with and so i'm giving him jess's name i'm giving him jess margera you know they're like nope no jess margera i'm like he's definitely staying here like i know it's the whole band it's all these guys that give all these names and i'm like and but the room i'm in is murray like, I'm like, I don't know, maybe that's his first name, maybe that's his last name. And I had known Murray for like 10 years, or I feel like five years at least at that point. Right. And, uh, and I'm giving him this name or whatever, and finally, like, I'm standing there arguing, so then I'm like annoyed, so I go and I sit on the couch, and I'm like sitting on the balls couch, my out. balls are just like hanging out. There's like family, they're like, sir, you can't just wait there. I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm like, I'm going on tour. I'm with the band. I'm going on tour. You know, and they're and like, I'm with the band. Yeah, like, like imagine God. how bad that sounds. Every, every night there's a guy and they're going, I'm with the band. Yeah, yeah. In your exact same predicament. Yeah, yeah. Just fucking naked He's and homeless. got a homeless. tent under one arm. <sighs> like, it's like, yeah, you, there was a guy with the band in the 70s and he still thinks he's with the band today. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm like pissed off, balls hanging out. And then Jess walks by to get breakfast. And I'm like, yo, dude, Jess. And he's like, yo, wow, what the fuck are you wearing, dude? And, I, and I'm like, oh, you man. Thought you killed some, you yeah. thought you killed John Bonet and you're wearing the clothes. Exactly. I get up and he's like, dude, what's going on? I'm like, yo, where the fuck is Murray's room? And he's like, oh, it's this number. And I was like, yeah, I asked him. Like Murray, I kept saying Murray to them. Like, oh, that's not his name. His name's like Bob, like Finkelwitz or some <laughs> some fucked up ass weird name. And I'm like, what? Why does why is he called Murray? And they're like, oh, I don't know. It's just a nickname. I'm like, just a nickname. I'm like freaking out the whole morning trying to figure out how the fuck I'm gonna get back into this room, butt naked, standing in the fucking lobby of this hotel. You're just and, standing next to toast yeah. while people are. <laughs> Popping them out of the little four slices. that like nut butter yeah. on the fucking yeah. chest. And uh, yeah, so that was the beginning of that tour for me. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like the end. That was the beginning. Yeah, that, that was day one. Yeah. 
that was pre-tour. Yeah, that so. was dress rehearsal for Rab himself. <laughs> There's plenty of stories like that from those days too that are just insane, but uh, but fun to fun to laugh about. The idea too that they would be like, we got to get him something. Like, get him a bathrobe, you fucking morons! You got a thousand of those. You know they they dressed you up like a little girl on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I got the thing for the him. The only funnier than a guy shit. with his dick in his hand is a guy dressed like a lady. Make it happen. Ralph, take him to LNF. Yeah. Take him down to LNF. Give him something fucked up. Get rid of anything that might resemble a guy's outfit. Yeah. And bring him down there. Yeah. You know how we got the uh, Rainbow Bright outfit that that little girl left here in Comic-Con 1994? Yeah. That's the one. Bring it up. That's got his name written all over it. Yeah. For our friend Murray here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's funny. Dude, so yeah, that's uh, that's one of them. That's that's hilarious. I wonder if you walked into the standard today, if they would, if there's anybody there that would recognize you. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I I look a little different. I have facial hair. I've put on a couple pounds and yeah. uh, <laughs> cut your hair off. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. I no longer look like Steven Tyler. So. Yeah, that yeah, that was very much your look back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or like Bon 80s Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. It's funny because I had a story like that. My 18th birthday, we went to uh, Red Lobster, <laughs> and we were eat, we were drinking the grenadine cherry cokes. You know what I mean? Oh like yeah, where yeah. They would Put the cherry syrup in there. Roy Rogers. Roy yeah, Rogers. is that what they're called? Yeah. They... Um, yeah. So we're uh, we're down. We probably killed me and my friend Tyson. Probably killed a pit, two pitchers of these things, <laughs> and we're eating like pasta and everything else. And it's just buddies. It's me, my friend Tyson, and then our friend Chris and his wife Alicia. I I don't think she was his wife then, but she's been his wife for like 20 years now. And, um, and, uh, and then our friend Josh and I think his girlfriend. So it was like two couples and then me and Tyson, just like teenage yeah. dork teenagers fucking around. And we're in there and we're joking and we're busting balls and everything else. And uh, at one moment, we're all fighting over these Cheddar Bay biscuits because anybody that's been to Red Lobster knows like that's the reason you go Cheddar Bay biscuits. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so at one point, I'm at the head of the table. My friend uh, Chris is on one side, and Josh Godfordson is on the other side. And uh, Chris goes, uh, if you take that last Cheddar Bay Biscuit, I'm going to come over this table on you. And then there's like a beat, and I go, well, if you do that, don't get any on me. My pasta's creamy enough as it is. <laughs> and everyone erupts with laughter. Like, we erupt with laughter. It's the funniest fucking thing. It's like perfectly timed slam dunk joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm like, my stomach goes, and I go, oh, no. Like, I laughed so hard that I made myself sick. Oh. And it goes, and I go, oh, oh, no, this is not good. And I'm like, I got to get up and go, I think I'm going to puke. And I go to get up, and here comes the 30-person Red Lobster staff to sing me happy birthday. <laughs> and so I'm standing up, and I'm, like, leaning over the table like this, and I'm like, I got to go. And the manager of the restaurant's like, oh, no, buddy, you're not getting out of this one. And he, like, forces me back down into my <laughs> chair. And, like, dude, it's, like, out of a movie. He's like, all right, everybody, ready? One, two, and on three, it's the Red Sea of grenadine vomit just all over the table, clears the table. It's, it's splashing my friends on the sides of the table. Like, they just, they do that thing where they just, like, launch back from the table, like, oh. Yeah. And it's like, and because we were in the center table in the main dining room, so everyone's looking. Yeah. Everyone's looking for the birthday boy. 
<laughs> and I just I love that. You're not getting out of this one. Yeah, right? I just oh, like I need to. <laughs> I mean, everywhere. It was like a gallon of. It looked like blood because it was bright red, like food colored. Oh man, syrup. <laughs> And so uh, people think they're Speaking seeing the blood. exorcist yeah, in yeah, the yeah, middle yeah, of the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so at the end of it, my, i never forget, my buddy Tyson had this look on his face like a kid whose dad was like an NFL Hall of Famer and he just came out to him just like... Yeah. <laughs> just like disappointment. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to do. There's puke. I had a long goatee because I was in metal bands back then. Yeah. And it's just like... My goatee oh, is covered in puke. Sick. So I just go like, yeah! And I'm like <laughs> whipping puke around. I'm traumatizing this whole fucking restaurant. <laughs> this isn't even the best part of the story. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they bring the girl over. She's got the sawdust shit that like helps you clean puke. Oh, she's that stuff is the worst, oh, dude, because it makes it even smell like, like sulfur. Grosser. Yeah. yeah. So she's like sprinkling that, like we're about to. They have that all over, like, um, like amusement parks. Yes. You know, like when yes. like, people are puking on you the can, and roller coaster. You can smell coasters, it. And they just like sprinkle it on there. It's like clean it up. Yeah, it's like rock salt yeah. or whatever. They just salt <laughs> it and like keep going, man. It's never gonna stop. Yeah. People are gonna puke all day, dude. Get used to it. Sick. So um, the girl's cute. She's like tw probably 23, 24. She's cleaning my puke, and I'm like, oh, I feel super bad that. You like you gotta clean my puke. That's <laughs> oh, not cool. Like you didn't come. You, you didn't come to work. Clean my puke. And she's like, Oh no, it's okay. Uh, for my day job, I work with developmentally disabled people. <laughs> she's like, Oh, I was like, Oh, it's cool, guys. She works with retards. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, she's, she's calling you a retard. Yeah, she's like, You're fucking retarded. And I just. And so I'm like trying to hit on this girl. And then they're like, do you want us to get you another piece of cake? And I was like, nah, this one's fine. This one's good. So then, <laughs> as if to like double down, I take my fork and I slice into the puke cake. Uh, and I just eat it. And I'm like, it's so pretty good, guys. It's actually <laughs> pretty good. And then everyone <laughs> starts vomiting. Yeah, so yeah. the whole restaurant, people are pissed. They're like, we're not paying for this meal. Yeah. Like, you were serving that underage boy alcohol. Like, one lady's like, I'm a nurse at the Mayo Clinic, and that's alcohol poisoning. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you are serving him, and he's underage. But you weren't. It, no, I was 18 years old, yeah, and, and I wasn't drinking Cokes. booze. I was drinking Cokes, and, and that pasta was quite creamy. <laughs> and so, so this is, like, the craziest story ever. It's like a dead, silent ride home. Like yeah. everybody's quiet uh, on the way. Like, <laughs> we live like 30 minutes from the restaurant. That was like, disgusting. It's like it's like that moment in Forrest Gump where he's like, "I'm sorry, I had a fight at your New Year's Eve party, mm. Lieutenant Dan." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, and my and my friends like uh, everybody was kind of like embarrassed. And then we uh, <laughs> as we're standing there, as we're watching just people get pissed. I'm like, I'm like, they were like rushing us out of the restaurant. Yeah. And I'm looking at I'm looking at all the chaos, and I'm like, dude, we just cost this place like 20 grand. And they were like. They're gonna fucking think we planned this, dude. Get it, shut up. Like, get out of here. <laughs> so this happens. And so the next year rolls around, my 19th birthday, and I'm like, dude, we gotta go back to Red Lobster. We gotta go. Oh, it's, it's the thing. So we go back, and it's like the legend of the story has grown now. So we go from five people to like 15 people. And we have this long table, and we're in there. And I'm telling Line you. Line up those cherry cokes. Yeah, and I'm telling <laughs> we ordered the grenadine cherry cokes. We're sitting there, and it's like I'm telling the story. And, and my buddy, Eddie, Eddie Moon, Moan, I don't, it's been so long since I talked to him. He doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe the story. Like, yeah. He's like, dude, there's no fucking way. So um, <laughs> we're sitting there, 
And wait, hold on. Did they continue singing "Happy Birthday"? No, no, they stopped. No, the they, no, they stopped. They did stop the song. They did stop yeah. the song. I was thinking, like, oh, "Happy Birthday." Yeah. <laughs> How funny would it be? I, that's what I should have done if I was really funny. Is I would have been like, "No, no, keep going with the song. Don't let me stop you." So uh, next year we're there. We, the party is tripled in size. I'm, I tell the story the whole way there. We're talking about it there, and. Uh, I'm sitting there going, guys, I'm dead serious. Like, this is a real story. So our server comes over, and Eddie's like, how long have you worked here, man? And he's like, oh, like four years. And he goes, uh, were you working here like a year ago? <laughs> and he sees me at the head of the table, and he goes, holy shit. He's like, Ricky, come here. It's the fucking dude. And he goes, dude. He goes, I was here that night. He goes, do you realize that that incident got the entire chain of Red Lobster to stop singing the birthday song. <laughs> He's like, we lost so much money that night that they literally, Darden Restaurants, made a decision to never sing the birthday song again. <laughs> They're like, you're a fucking legend here, man. Like, we hate that fucking song, and you saved us. <laughs> So they comped our whole meal. Yeah. And they were like, dude, you're not. It was like, for the Godfather is on the house. Yeah. yeah. They were like, you will never. He was like, as long as I work here, dude, you can eat here on your birthday for free every year. (laughs) They just love you. I, I, I I affected the corporate handbook. From the years of 2001, at least until 2005, yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the birthday category for the Minnesota region of of uh, Darden restaurants. Oh man, that's ridiculous. It's insane. Like the I was like, and he was like, "Can we get a picture with you, man?" Like taking pictures. There's like a plaque of me in the fucking kitchen. Dude, that's ridiculous. It was just like it's just one of those w- crazy stories. It's so it's so wild that nobody would be like to have a countdown to throwing up like it's like yeah, something yeah. out of a movie <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like there's, there's no way that's Three, real two, yeah they one. literally counted yeah. me down i was like Bruh! <laughs> i mean it was like it was i love that like he didn't there's no thought in his mind that you're like gonna puke and you need you're trying to get to the bathroom yeah he thinks He's i like, just don't want to be embarrassed out of it. trying yeah. to get out of you this ain't one getting out of this one yeah. pal oh am i we're gonna embarrass you <laughs> oh, oh, aren't I getting out of this one? Yeah, it's just like... Oh, my God. And, like, just the, the forcing me down in my chair against my... Well, in hindsight, it's like, Jesus Christ, Red Lobster. Yeah. So what we, kind of Nazi birthdays were you guys throwing yeah, before yeah, I showed yeah. up? We just got it. We got to get this saw. Don't let... Hey, if they try to get up when we sing, you fucking put them back in that seat. Dude, you know what was hilarious? Like, so when I was going through, uh, like, after Viva La Bam and after all that stuff, and I was trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. I got all these really bad jobs and I ended up getting a job at the Lone Star Steakhouse. Yes, Lone Star. That's (laughs) one of the best. And I'm like doing the training. Peanuts on the floor. Yeah. They were the first. First They were doing that way before Texas Roadhouse. We're going through and they're like, we're, you know, we're going through the thing, and it's like all these, you know, less than, you know. <laughs> My stepmom used to steal y'all steak knives every time yeah, we were so, going there. So we're going there, and and uh, we're going through What's all the statute of limitation about steak knife theft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah, she's yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, we get through the handbook. We're doing these things, and they're like, all right, now line up. We're going to teach you all how to line dance because you guys are going to teach all the customers how to line dance. Oh, yeah, that and was I, the thing they did. I was like. 
all right, here's your handbook. I'm fucking out of here. And yeah. I, I ended up leaving and not working there. But that reminded me of like how awful those those things are when they like they get you to do those happy birthdays or the line dancing at Lone, Lone Star Steakhouse. I forgot they did that. So awful. It was like how Hooters does their thing every like, yeah. hey, Hooters, like, girl. I can't be a part of this. Yeah, like, I can't be a cheerleader. The only dignity that I had left depended on not teaching someone how to line dance at a <laughs> restaurant. And you, and you guys came with that shit. I got to go yeah. or else you're going to find me hanging in the broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to be strung up by loaded cheese fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to make yeah. a, I'm going to make a rope out of smothered cheese fries <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I will end it. Yes. <laughs> Is it probably not okay to joke about suicide anymore, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Your friend did it and it and it helped people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First of all, I don't think anyone's ever hung themselves with fries. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> too wet and mo- especially the loaded cheese fries. Yeah, it's th- they would give. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, or I would chew my way out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, okay, so cool. So you have the Darkest Hour is coming up August 24th. Yeah. Uh, that starts at and, 10. And someday we'll make this goddamn comedy special yeah. that we uh, keep talking yeah, about. Yeah, we got provoked. your comedy special that... Um, well, I've um, started story... It's The storyboarding is almost done. Okay. I just have a couple... I think I need to add a couple new things that I'm working on, and I got to get that tight. But, uh, yeah. but once we have that done, I think then we're ready to be able to kind of go to producers and say, like, we're trying to do something different here. Get the fundraising going. And, and, and just get... I'd really like to try to find somebody who I, just gets the vision, who who's like, we'll, yeah. we'll just pay for it. And even if we have to release it ourselves, we will. Yeah. No, that'll um, be rad. Because and I do think it's the kind of thing that if we can execute all the ideas that we have for it, it's going to flip the world of comedy on its head. Yeah. No, I know. In a good it's way. Def- yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely pushing the limits, which I, which I always think is, is, is great. And especially, especially right now, I feel like that needs to happen. You know, like, just continue to do it. And, and, and it's the fearless guys that go out and do it that, that like, make it so awesome. Because, um, you know, imagine if all comedians just got intimidated by the fact that you can't do offensive jokes. A lot of them do. Yeah, I have friends. I don't know if, I've even, if I'd even call them friends, but like colleagues in comedy who are at my level, but they're writers. Like, so they'll do stand up and they'll tour a little bit. Like they'll do like 300 seaters. They'll make a couple grand a weekend or they'll go out and they'll feature for a bigger comic. But the way they make their money is they write on, like, cable comedy shows. So they'll write on Roast Battle or they'll write on a show like Glow. Or they'll write, you know, they'll get a staff writing job somewhere and they'll make their, you know, five grand a week or whatever to write on these shows. Yeah. And they're so afraid that if they say the wrong thing in stand-up that that will be ripped away from them. Yeah. And it's like, I understand that, but what a horrible corner to paint yourself into. Like, yeah. so you, what, at that point in my mind, it's like, then quit stand up. Don't even risk it. Just be a writer. Yeah. Like if that's what you're coveting, that's the position you want. Then just be a TV writer. Don't, don't try to do stand up because they're, they're going to come for everybody. Like there was one, there was a thing the other day. I, I always say that, uh, extreme left people are or the Ouroboros. They're the snake eating itself. And, and I, if there's a logo for anything I do, I think that has to be incorporated somehow. Because there, there was this uh, women's rights rally in the UK like a couple weeks ago. 
and there were trans male to female transgenders that were marching in the women's march or the rally and lesbians were trying to remove the male to female transgenders from the rally because they were saying this is just another example of men trying to take something away from women oh man and i was just like wait they're not men they're women you guys have been telling us they're women like they're part of your team they go no they're not Oh, They're not. Man. So there's infighting in the in the in the the tolerant progressive yeah. yay women thing. Oh, are we talking about real women? Or are we yeah. talking about dude women? Because dude women aren't Only real if women. I say it's just, yeah, fuck it's no. It's tough. like it's so wild to me that like the the it, it's like it's this idea that in the pursuit of equality, no amount of, of no cost is too great. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, dude, that's that's literally the Crusades. Like the Crusades <laughs> were like, listen, our religion is right, so there's no amount of bloodshed oh, to right. prove that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like that's every scary. cultural thing, every cultural separation comes from the Crusades. I mean, all all the ideologies between one race of people being better than another race of people, it all comes from the time of the Crusades of having different reli- it's like it, so so when we we like Mike, we we take the issues of America today and we put it under a microscope and we go, no, this specific problem exists because of this. It's like, no, this has existed for five hundred thousand years. Right. Like we're tribes of humans. So you have to, as a person, be smart enough to go. Oh, we've been down this road before. Yeah. Even if we think our new thing that we created is better. Or, or smarter or more noble or more accepting, it only takes the one person in the group to go and anyone that's not is less than before you're just as bad as the people who oppressed you in the first place. <laughs> right. Wait, so you're asking people to remember history and learn from it? Well, I, like, know, I, it's I, always, tall, I know it's a tall order. <laughs> I always talk about people on the East Coast where every single winner, they're like, this is the worst winner that we've, we've ever, ever had. had. No, yeah. it isn't. Last year was. Yeah. Or the year before. Did oh, you now? see the Starbucks <laughs> thing in philadelphia yeah, that yeah. was bad yeah, yeah that was bad yeah so it's like i mean i don't know it seems hard to yeah well, how, I, how do you learn from the mistakes that, that occurred you know in history how do you learn from that and move forward from it i have I this i have this new bit i'm working on where i talk about how like racism is the new god and that people choose to see it in everything and Ultimately, it has no power over you if you just choose not to believe it. If you wake up every day and go, hey, man, if somebody's an asshole to me, it's 95% probably because they're an asshole and it has nothing to do with me. Like, you have to be really kind of selfless to overlook. Like, you, you can't – and to me, people being shitty to each other doesn't warrant further exploration. Like – regardless of like people go, oh, that guy hates me because of the color of the skin. No, that guy hates you because he hates himself. All hate comes from self-hatred, all anger, oh, yeah. all resentment. A- that and fear. And fear, yeah. yeah. And fe- But that fear comes from a lack of self-confidence of saying like, well, if somebody else does well in life, that might mean less for me. Yeah. That or, famine or mentality. it's different and I don't understand it. Yeah. So. It's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the first time a guy saw a guy sucking another guy's dick, he's like, I didn't know we could do that. I've been putting up with her shit for 30 years. You got to cheat codes yeah (laughs) which is how i like to envision the first the first episode of homophobia yeah oh this isn't fair we could just fuck each other martha back your shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) i didn't realize his holes were just as good as yours (laughs) (laughs) that's how it all went yeah i mean that hey look it's a it's a better story yeah so um (laughs) 
<laughs> and we're going to have two incomes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but the, um, but to me, like the, the, the craziness of it is that people are willing to drill in on a minute level. And, and I draw the similarity between like racism to, to like old religious people who are like, Oh man, you know, how's your day? I, I had a pretty good day, man. I, I, I got a call back from a job that I was waiting for. And they're like, well, you know, that ain't nothing but the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? There's people that are like, that ain't yeah. nothing but the Lord. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, what do you mean? And you're like, no, nah, that's the Lord's hand. Lord's in that. And you're uh, like, yeah. well, but I also, I also broke my foot. And like, that's the Lord too. It's all the <laughs> Lord. It's, that is also the Lord. He worketh in mysterious ways. Everything <laughs> is him and is reflected in him. And I feel like people are now doing the same thing with like racism. We're just like, oh man, this wait at this restaurant took 15 minutes. That's racism. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. just the racism. <laughs> it's like, well, know, it is, they it might is have been just like... been busy. And they're like, no, it's, it's systemic racism. It's, it's a Chipotle. Yeah. That's the system. Racist. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's crazy, man. It's it's everywhere and like uh, and it's talked about. But it's it's funny because I like I thought about um, you know like 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 your show, The Darkest Hour, where you do have offensive stuff, or if you have jokes, like if things that you're talking about now are offensive to people, or offensive to me, or offensive to whatever. Like I think what I I struggle with is like what happened to the world where like if you were just offended by it. Just be offended by it and move on, mm-hmm. or don't listen to it, or don't don't seek out that comedian, or don't seek out that type of stuff. Like, well, you guys dealt with it with Jackass and Viva the Bam. Like, there were people that thought you were going to cause their kids to kill themselves. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and, they, and there were people that had kids who did kill themselves who tried to blame you guys. Right, or, or they got hurt, or yeah. they broke bones, and this is like, yeah, well, we're all breaking bones too, and, yeah. and we're risking our lives doing stupid shit. And but it is, it's always looking for a scapegoat, and and I and I. And I was thinking more on that thought of like, if you're offended, just be offended and move on. Like, why do I need to get justified in all of that? Like, why if, okay, say you say a joke that I'm offended by, now I need to somehow get some sort of like, you know, uh, payback for that. Or, or you need, you owe me something because you offended me. Like, well, yeah. why, why it's transactional. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, Oh, there's some way that I could get something out of this by being offended by you. Yeah. And it's like, why can't you just go, well, I'm offended. Turn that guy's comedy special off, move on to the next part of my life. Yeah. Well, it, it's, I, I don't know where it comes from, but, but I think like you, there's a part of me that wants to sit down with those people and explore and be like, why did, why did that bother you? Like, why does that piece of art or that thing out there? I, it's almost to me like this new movement of PC culture of being offended by things is just a new version of book burning. Right. And so like back then I would have said like, why is it a problem for you for this book to exist? Like what, like, let's really get into it. Like, does it, does it trigger you because it brings you back to a trauma? Because to go through the world in that fragile state is unhealthy for you. And so I think you do, you need to examine why did that bother me so much? And rather than direct your energy at destroying the career of the person who put you in that place, maybe look inside yourself and go, I got to heal this. Like for me to be so bothered by something that somebody else said and, and objectively in the pursuit of trying to entertain people. Yeah, exactly. You're going to like, I'm trying to entertain you. And if I failed, I'm sorry. I, but I don't promise like everything can't always work. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like there aren't a team of writers behind me 
making sure that everything is perfect. Yeah. And that's the thing with stand-up is, and music's not even that way anymore. Every popular song has like 40 writers. Yeah. So like you're, you're just getting me and my ideas and the only way to, to workshop them is to get them out there and to get people to talk to you about them and to, and to gauge feedback and right. to do it wrong. And, you know, I've had comedian friends of mine criticize me of this. My way for a long time is doing that through Twitter of like, let me throw out just this piece of idea yeah. and then see what people think of this or if they get the general sentiment and if it's good enough. And then there's a lot of things that I'll put out there that, that don't end up becoming bigger bits, mostly because they're current event type things. So like they won't let. Yeah, yeah, like if I'm making a joke about the Washington Redskins owner, that story dies. So does the bit. Um, but like I, I sometimes I will take part of part of developing the bit for me is getting the reaction from people. Because if I take an idea and I go, I want to present it this way, but then I see how people react to it, it might change. I might go, oh, yeah. wait a minute, I want to use that. Perfect example, and I, and I use this on podcasts all the time, is my joke where I'm like, I'm super lazy. If it were legal, I would totally have slaves. And everybody gets tight, and I go, I just want to point out, I didn't say what color they'd be. Yeah. You just guessed, which makes you racist. Oh, man. And it's yeah. such <laughs> yeah, a yeah. brilliant turn. It's like misleading. Yes. That. Yeah, well, yeah. It shows you that the problem with that idea is in your head and not mine. Right. The, <laughs> yeah. the reason that that's fundamentally fucked up is based on what you assume about the concept of slavery. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I love that bit. I love bits. Like if I could have an hour of bits like that and put that into a special, I'd be happy. Because to me, that is what comedy is intended to do. It's intended to make you laugh. But I also, I don't want to tell people what to think. I do want them to question why and how they think the way they think. And, I, and yeah. the point of that joke is to get people to walk away and go, fuck, I did do that. Why, why do I? Right. Why would I just assume that anytime somebody's talking about um, you know, it literally be like it literally be like if you were sitting with your friends, you're like, man, some of these guys are shitty fathers, and you have like a black friend sitting with you, and your other white friend is like, don't talk about that. Like, Vince is right here, and you're like, I didn't say shit about Vince. Do you just think that anybody yeah. talking about shitty fathers is talking about black people? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that makes you rate your racist. Right, like yeah, that's you're crazy. getting offended on Vince's behalf. Ain't nobody said shit about him. Right. And you, but you're offended because you're a racist. Like that's built on your racism. Well, and that's what I think. Well, I, that kind of brings up a good point about like how when you do those offensive things and people get angry and they want to be want to somehow have you know retribution for that for the for them being offended. It's sort of like I was thinking in, in the idea of, you know how, like, if you can't stand somebody, people will tell you, well, it's probably something about that person that you can't stand about yourself. Yes. That yeah, they like, reflect a truth in you. Yeah. And so that happens, I think, with those offensive types of jokes or things like that where you're like, oh, no, I did, I did think that direction. <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. Well, my favorite way to do this joke um, is when you have a room that's perfectly mixed. And this is the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand about my comedy career now because I've been on the Food Network and I've done other things. Um, very, and I've been in Hollywood for nine years, which is very white still. But I came up in all black comedy clubs. So a lot of my process was forged through like, how do I use the fact that I'm white yeah. to make this funnier because it's unexpected? Right. And so that really developed my voice of like, okay, there's funniness in being able to present people with things they don't expect to realize. And so that, like coming up in all black clubs, 
totally changed my, my style to be like, okay, how do I do the same thing I do with black audiences to white audiences? And I think there's a nuance there because I'm white that people are like, well, who are you to make us feel that about ourselves? And like, yeah. who are you to hold the mirror up to show me what's in my heart? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there is some of that. I think you're right. I think when I point that out, the white people that get angry are angry because it's real and it's true. But the best way to do that joke is in a room that's perfectly mixed because what happens is the black people realize it at the same time and they're like, oh shit, you got offended because you picked me again. What the fuck? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the best night ever, I did it in the OR like years ago. This is when I first really dialed this joke in. Where uh, it was like, it was almost like there was like a black half of the audience here and a white half of the audience here. And there was this moment where the white people realized that I had caught them and the black people realized too. And they just turned and like, ah, oh, shit, motherfucker. They're like, they're talking shit to each other. They're yeah, having yeah, fun. Yeah. Black people are like, you're right. You're right. We did. We did pick them. We did. Yeah, people, yeah, we yeah. did. Us, yeah, like, yeah, you got us. You got us. And I was like, oh, black people, you guys wouldn't have slaves too. You guys don't want to do shit. Like, so yeah. I'm giving them a hard time. And they're yeah. like, oh, you got us, motherfucker. Cause yeah, yeah. we, we would have them. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, y'all, y'all still use the Mexicans. Like I was saying shit and yeah, like yeah. playing everybody off yeah. of each other. And it was fun. People were having fun with each other. Nobody was mad. Nobody got in fist fights. Right. And it was this thing of like, oh yeah, I guess we, th like people walked out of that show going, oh yeah, I guess we all kind of assume things about each other based on race and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. It could just be funny. Right. It could just be fun. And it doesn't have to be that way and you can shine a light on that yeah, and you can go, oh damn, I did that. Yeah, I, I guess I did yeah. do that. I mean, yeah. to me, that's how you really change how people feel. You gotta, it's like, it's like uh, getting, I don't know what do you even call it, getting a horse, coming up on a horse, yeah. approaching a horse, I don't yeah. know what it, you can't come at a horse head on. You gotta come up from the side, yeah. right? Or else right. you'll spook it. You'll yeah. spook the horse, and it'll buck, and it'll kick somebody in the dick and kill yeah. them. That's what I think. Death by dick. Yeah, yes. yeah. I th that was a that was a wild boys. Right? <laughs> so, uh, so you gotta kind of come up along the side, and that's what I try to do with comedy. I tr I try not to just go direct and go like, this is what you think. This is what makes you a piece of shit. I try to come up along the side and go, hey, did you ever notice this about how you are? And people <laughs> are like, oh shit, shit, fuck, he's got me. Like, <laughs> oh, you know. Shit. And then like when I would do, cause I, cause the way I started developing that voice was I was being all in all black clubs, and I'm like. The, the perspective of being a white guy on the road with a black comic doing black clubs is like you're like this outsider. And so you see all these things that are sort of like benign tendencies. Yeah. And one of the jokes that really launched my career was to do this joke about black people ordering food in the drive-thru. And that it's that there's always custom shit. Nobody ever just goes, give me a number seven. It's like, I need a number four. No pickles. Take the peat patties out. Put McChickens in. Yeah. I want to drink with no ice in it. Them fries better be hot. And so I would do this this bit in all black clubs. And I, when I tell you, like it was like deaf, like Showtime at the Apollo. Oh, like oh, people yeah. up out of their seats, like fucking running around, like oh shit, motherfucker, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, and it had ten times the reaction because I'm a white dude. Yeah. I'm a white dude going like, do you guys not realize what this looks like to white people? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And so they, they, dude, they loved it. They loved it. And uh, and you know like, well, didn't you grow up with like a black? Yeah, with dad a black stepdad. Like, yeah. Well, and it kind of started with that because like my dad, 
Uh, like my dad grew up during a civil rights movement in a predominantly black neighborhood, so he got the shit kicked out of him every day. And and this is the thing that this is part of the reason why I think we can't move forward as a society is because when you have a dad like that who's got very racist ideals, nobody ever stops and goes like, why do you feel that way? Like really walk me through why you feel that way. And right. what you find out is my dad is hurt. He's hurt, dude. He grew up and he felt he felt attacked because he was the the poor white guy who had to live with poor black people in a time where there was a lot of hostility in this country and he was the minority and he got the living shit kicked out of him. So he feels the same way towards black people that black people who were fucked up in the South during that same movement feel towards white people. It's simple cause and effect. And so you look at that and you go, it's trauma. Like that's my, it's the same thing of like, you can't get mad at a girl who's uncomfortable in a room full of guys if she was gang raped when she was 12. Right. Like you can't just be like, calm down, Becky. We're <laughs> yeah. just dudes. Well, the last time I was around this many dudes, I all my holes got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. gonna be a little yeah. jumpy. Yeah, yeah. So like, we we're unwilling to examine that there's real trauma that makes people feel that way, particularly if they're white, because we view them often as the the guys that are in the position of power. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you know, what happened to black people was way worse in mass than you, but he doesn't know that. All he knows is his life experience. And so when my mom left him and started dating this dude, James, from the South, he would arm me with all these sort of like slick racist stereotypes and be like, well, when you get over there, this is what you're going to see. And it wasn't like that at all because James was like super whitewashed. He didn't like rap. He listened to like rock and roll. And he got me into like Pearl Jam and Green uh, Day and yeah, all these yeah. other bands. And, and like uh, he, he was in, I think he was in the service. And then he had like a, a very blue collar job. And, you know, like the, the so every shitty stereotype type that anybody informed me on, he broke the mold. He didn't fall through any of that. And so at a very young age, that shaped me to be like, oh, you can't just take what people say about groups of people seriously because individuals will always prove that wrong. You got to get to know people on an individual level. That's where the magic is in human beings is looking to see what makes them unique, not what makes them part of a group. And that's what I think that's what shaped my my beliefs and my thoughts on race. And that's why I see the world that way. Like my agents, when uh, the last time we spoke, they were like, you know, you, it's your choice to, to do comedy about this kind of stuff. You could just not. And I'm like, dude, that's just not who I am. That's not like when I walk through the world, that's what I see. I see the things that we do around each other, that we do as groups, that we do because we think we have to, and that's what interests me about people, and that's what I'm always gonna write about, that's what I'm always gonna make art about, that's what I'm always gonna do comedy about, because that's what's funny to me. It's funny to me to see those things that other people don't see, or other people see and they can't process it and make it into a joke, or yeah. make it funny. Or yeah, yeah, scared to broach that subject. Yeah, there's yeah. like, like how many people notice that about black people in the drive-thru and they're like, I can't say that, I'm white. It's like, yeah, but it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's an observation. Yeah. It's no different than what Seinfeld did. Yeah. It's just, I'm making an observation about a specific group of people. If George Lopez does an hour about Latino people being a Latino, nobody would bat an eye. But if I do it, they'd be like, mm, is there something? Does he have a problem with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's what I think people need to question in themselves. It's like, why do we care about who the messenger is? You know what I mean? Like, I, when, when Chris Rock just did his latest special and he did a bit where he's like, 
I just want to wake up and see white kids shot dead on the TV. Oh, I know. Yeah. And and that got a ton of heat. And I was, but I wasn't like, how dare you? I was like, where are you going with this, Ron? <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting. And yeah. he didn't. And he didn't really get to a, to a bit. I think he was just trying to like snap your attention with that line and then talk about a bigger subject. But well, I wait. He he kind of did though, right? He went into the whole idea of, of how that happens to, to black kids all the time, but like. Wasn't it? I feel like. Well, he was like, I just want you to know what it feels like to be a black person and wake up and yeah, see your yeah, kid yeah, shot yeah, on TV yeah. every day. But I, I, but I, I thought were so offended. they I'm were like, bothered I by it. Why. I think part of the reason that, that they were bothered by it, though, was I, I think there was there was a to me, there was a, there was a, I thought he was going to go down alone. I'm like, oh, wait, you do. They're called school shootings. And right. I thought he was going to go down a thing of like, Whoa. you know, the police are killing our kids. You guys are killing each other. Like, yeah. you could have made a bigger point there and had a lot of fun with that point of view. But he didn't really go down that path. But it did get you right off the bat. Like, whoa. Like, yeah, but, but I, I was all in. I yeah. was like, go, where are you going yeah. with it, That Rock? special was awesome. Yeah. Well, and it's like he's got so many of those timeless bits. Like, the one on his one special where he's like, I'm not talking about rich. I'm talking about wealthy. Yeah, He's yeah. like, Shaq is rich. The white guy who writes his checks is wealthy. Yeah, yeah. And like he made this great, it was like a call to action for black people to think about creating generational wealth instead of just being like, I got the money now, I'm going to spend it. And, um, but he didn't just come out and go, hey, guys, you're being stupid with your money. He created this bit, this, this, this list of comparisons that planted the seed to where people were like, man, that's a good point. Like, how do we go from now being not just equal, but prospering to building generational wealth for our community? And it's boring to discuss that, but to make a bit about it is funny. Yeah. He's like, you're over here with spinning rims and this guy's buying every house in your neighborhood. Like, yeah. So, you know, to me, that's great comedy. That's really great comedy. I mean, yeah, that dude is, yeah, he's on, he's on a crazy level. Yeah. I mean, he's, Brilliant. he's, he's, yeah, he, he really is like, you, you got to put him in the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah I, yeah, I actually 100%. think Rock and Chappelle belong on the Mount Rushmore before Richard Pryor. And some people would maybe argue that. Well, but. I think, I, I mean, my personal opinion, I'm not a comedian, but my personal opinion is, uh, well, without Pryor. Would you have ever had him? Right. Maybe. That's probably a fair point. Because Pryor just came along at a time prior to it. And the stuff that he was doing then was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, think about it. Like, he was just willing to go there at that time. Well, and the fact that Pryor was, like, willing to talk about race in a comedic way where so many people of color in the country were not, they didn't think it was funny. They were angry. And they wanted the world to change. And Pryor was just like, yeah, but it's kind of silly, too, right? And right. was, like, willing to make which, fun of it. Which arguably probably could have made more of a change. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think it did. I, I think that's a big part of what made Pryor so accessible. The other thing I thought was really great about Pryor is he forced his way into white people's minds and hearts at a time where they were unwilling to hear it. Whereas, like, and to your point, if he hadn't done that in the 70s, would rock, would anybody care about rock or right. Chappelle in the 80s and 90s? So, yeah, I, I think... And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's why you'd probably have to put him on there is because of when he did it, right? It's sort of like, well, was Babe Ruth the greatest hitter of all time, the most powerful? No, but in, in his era, yeah. he was phenomenal. Right, he was it. Yeah. Like, yeah. is Babe Ruth anything compared to Barry Bonds? Probably not. Like, as an athlete, no. Guy right. was, like, smoking yeah. cigars and fucking yeah. <laughs> winding up in the kitchen. Sniffing coke and eating yeah. hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, I guess I'll throw it over there somewhere. <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like Tosh's great joke of, like, yeah, 
if we're gonna if we're gonna take um, if we're gonna take trophies, I think you said if we're gonna take trophies away from Lance Armstrong um, for using steroids, then you got to take all the Hall of Fame awards away from Babe Ruth for setting records before black people could play. It's like such a great joke. Yeah, it is such yeah. a great joke. He's like, I'd love to see you with that cocky point and shit when. Uh, when like uh, oh god I can't remember what he says like uh, uh, Cece I think he was saying Cece Sabathia like when Cece's throwing 90 mile an hour sliders right up your fat gut like essentially saying like you played at a time where only unathletic white guys could play You're right so arguably we should pull your name from the history books too <laughs> that, yeah that's and a it's, good it's point, such man. a good bit dude yeah. I, I'm butchering it but uh, yeah. I remember seeing that I was probably a comic for about two years and I had moved to LA and I went back to Minnesota to gather some more of my things and to, to like uh, leave my apartment and stuff and um, I went there there was just last minute my friend Scott Kosky was like dude Tosh is at the Orpheum you want to go and I was like he's got I got an extra ticket I was like fuck yeah I want to go and he did that bit and I was like oh man like, yeah. why didn't I think of that that is brilliant such yeah. a good like yeah. such a good observation so who would be one of what is there four people on, on Mount, Mount Rushmore, Rushmore yeah so uh, who would be your fourth if you're saying uh, Ch- it would be Chappelle, it would Rock. be uh, yeah, it would be Carlin, Chappelle, Rock, yeah. Pryor. Okay, I was hoping, I think that's I was hoping be it. it would be Carlin. I yeah, like, Carlin, yeah, I mean, definitely on there. you know, uh, without a doubt. I mean, I was watching Carlin's Jammin' in New York today, and you you can watch shit that Carlin did 20 years ago, and if I told you yeah. it was right now, right. you'd go, yeah, it's right now. He's talking about right now. Yeah, one of the most brilliant minds, I think, ever. Like, of uh, all like time. He was a guy, I feel like, who shaped the way that I kind of lived growing up. Because I was a kid that, you know, threw shit on the lockers. I was a kid who took a piss on the school bus. And, you know, and I was a kid who told Very anti-establishment. To yeah, and didn't want to just take, um, you know, anything adults said for face value. And I think he was a guy that kind of you know, inspired that in me because when you're hearing him, he's like, question everything. And that, yeah. that always stuck with me. And I, dude, he's, I mean, he, for me is my number one. Yeah, and me then, too. And then everybody kind of trickles below and that. then everybody, but, but yeah, obviously, but see for me, it's like rock and, and Chappelle, but Eddie Murphy is like, yeah, Eddie's in there too. Like, I mean, dude, Eddie's delirious and raw are, I mean, come on. Well, one of here's my most unpopular opinion about comedy. I think Golden Age Martin Lawrence was a better Eddie Murphy than Eddie Murphy was. Okay. And everybody, like people, will want to fight me to the death on that. But I think Martin Lawrence was funny as Martin hell. Martin Lawrence, Martin Lawrence's, I mean, Martin Lawrence's, <laughs> you so crazy that. in yeah. the fucking leather tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His you so crazy for me, man, was like I was like I want to do this. Yeah. Like he's up that there just dude, being silly. That dude is something else. Like, he's just being he's silly. Just, like I feel like that guy just came out of the womb hilarious. Oh yeah. Like like other people work at it. Like that dude is like one of those dudes you just like look at him and you're like, oh, what's well, gonna happen? This motherfucker's gonna be funny. <laughs> like you're already yeah. you're already on the edge of laughing just looking at him. Yeah, his facial expression. Yeah, this man he's about to do. You're like, oh my god. The, the be closest funny. thing to Martin Lawrence that exists today is Sebastian Maniscalco because he is I uh, I would call Martin Lawrence a 4D comedian, and what I mean by that is the oh, whole yeah. experience. It's the visual. It's the it's the facial expressions. It's the gesture. It's the energy the in the room. The yeah. movement. It's like a 4D ride where you're getting sprayed with water and shit. Um, and Sebastian's the same way. Where like I could go up and do Sebastian's material and I'd bomb, but it's right. like his thing of like 
you got this guy over there doing a competitive backstroke <laughs> in a recreational pool. Yeah. Like, and it's just like the way he delivers it and yeah. the, and the acting, the act outs and yeah. the energy and the delivery. It's he's a 4D comedian. There aren't a lot of them that like there might be three in the history. I'm trying to think, but like Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, uh, maybe probably Cat Williams was a 4D comedian. Uh, in his heyday, and then you know, I think Sebastian is probably the one now uh, where mm -hmm. he's just like the. You couldn't. There's nothing to be gained by listening to Sebastian on on audio, like you gotta see him live. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Like if you listen to Martin Lawrence, you so crazy on audio. It's nothing like that. And same with Eddie Murphy Raw. Like you yeah. gotta see it. You gotta you gotta yeah. be the whole Carlin. You could listen to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So even if he's the greatest yeah, of all time. Yeah, because he's not, I mean, in his younger years, he was goofing and a little being more all goofy. weird. But, but like, you don't need the fourth dimension to really right. appreciate everything that Carlin does. You need that fourth dimension yeah. to, to really get. And I think Chappelle is a little that way, too, in that uh, now he's got this sort of fireside chat way of breaking the fourth wall with the audience where you feel like this guy's brain is a hot tub and you're sitting in it with him. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, man, you haven't noticed yeah, yeah. shit. And you <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like, you feel like it's just you and him. Yeah. Like, even when you're watching him in a special with an arena, like, there's, he's got this, this, this vibe of, of it's just the two of us. Yeah. And you feel like he's speaking directly to you. And it, that's powerful, man. That's yeah. a powerful gift for somebody to make you feel that special when, just by speaking. Yeah. I don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. No, I wish I did, but I don't. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, do you think? Do you, what do you think? That is something that's just kind of you it's have. A or, it's just or a rhythm. Yeah, that you, you can't learn develop. it. Yeah. You can't learn it. It's an innate. Tony Robbins has it. Mm -hmm. Tony, Ro I mean, that's Tony Robbins only has that, which is why he's so like his ideas aren't monumental. He's not saying things that other philosophers, other people haven't said. It's just he's got a way of making you feel like you're the only person in that audience. Yeah, like he's got an intensity and a way of connecting with people. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's an innate gift that people have. I don't think you can develop it. I don't think it's a muscle that you can work out. You either have that, that char that charisma or you don't. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, Chappelle definitely has that charisma. I think, um, I think Louis sort of has that vibe, that charisma, that, that style to him. Um, it's a, it's in the little smile where he's like, can you even believe I'm talking about this shit right yeah, now? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, I remember the first time he was talking about his kids and his act, and he was like, you know, I got this 11 year old, and she's an asshole. She's yeah. just a fucking ass. And people were just like, oh my god, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the first time you heard a parent just be like, I've uh, the one I love, the other one I could give two shits about. <laughs> and um, and yeah. so it was like this real, you know, he had he'll just have you on his every word. Yeah, you know. Um, there, yeah, it's it's a quality of feeling like the comic is talking with you and not at you, yeah. And um, that's a huge that's the huge thing that I think puts people above other com like puts certain comics above other comics in terms of their raw ability. Yeah, is to be to make make them feel like they're talking with you and not at you. No, exactly. That's awesome. Well, dude, uh, 
It has been awesome just chatting, and we could talk probably all yeah, afternoon. Yeah, we do. But uh, but yeah, that, no, I've, I've I've loved having you on, and then I'm going to come do yours, um, your podcast. Yeah, is the implications of Josh Denny. Yes, um, it's, and and it's uh, it's been, it's gotten a little too political lately. One of the things that to me is the fun about that is like let's let's bring up this real problem and then come up with terrible ideas on how to fix terrible it. solutions. Terrible yeah, solutions. Yeah. That's really what the spirit of the podcast was supposed to be, and and. Um, you know, it's you go through those modes in your life where you're not as you're not in that mindset of like, how do I make this funny? You're just like, yeah, this is pissing me off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, especially. Yeah. I think if you pay attention to the political climate too much, that that's what happens for me. So that's why I'm like, uh, let's steer clear of that. Oh. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I'll, uh, I can't wait to come do an episode of that. So check out uh, Josh's implications implication of josh denny his podcast also uh if you're in the la area august 24th uh the darkest hour is starting up 10 p.m sycamore tavern 10 p.m at the sycamore tavern i can't wait to see that it's gonna uh, be good yeah because uh you know maybe i'll go up and tell a, a yeah. random story yeah, that let's be, talk about be it fun. I, think I think it'd be good yeah i got a spot nice. i got a spot open for that so i think it'd okay be fun. if <laughs> cool. you're in town and you want to do it i think you should do it hell yeah no that'll be fun I have uh, always kind of wanted to get up there. Steve-O does it, and uh, he gets up and does the, the stand-up thing, and I've always kind of wanted to just get up there in front of a live crowd and see what happens. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll bomb and never want to do it again, but, yeah. but uh, maybe it'll just be fun to kind of tell a story. Well, and sometimes it's good, too, like if you have a buddy in town, or like a buddy that's part of that story to bring them on and like do it, because it takes a little bit of the pressure off you as a one-man storyteller. Oh, yeah. And you can kind of be like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Or, that, you know, to me, I always say that I like being a guest on other people's podcasts more than doing my own because when you're doing your own you kind of got to think about steering the conversation yeah and when you're not thinking about that you're just sitting back and like dunking yeah yeah you're just like <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. there's a funny thing i could say yeah you know yeah. what i mean so like to me like third chair is the best jim norton said that about opie and anthony he's like i don't want to be i don't want to be opie and jim i like being the third guy yeah because right. they get to go back and forth and i just get to fucking knock gold like just yeah. throw gold in every five yeah, minutes yeah, yeah, or so. exactly <laughs> i get to sit back and think like what's a really funny take <laughs> you know, and when you're nice. when you're like working your gear gear and you're like, yeah. and then what did I want to cover? And yeah. you can't do any of that. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same, same thing with storytelling. Yeah, that's cool. Well, all right. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And guy, and whoever's listening, come out to that show uh, August 24th. That'll be fun. All right. Thanks.